as we did yesterday, today we'll be basically working on tomorrow's DAF, so that is DAF, uh, DAF Yud. Uh, and we'll go into a little bit of, of, of Londis, a little bit of learning, and from that we'll extract the principle that is, uh, is relevant to our matmonim today. Uh, at the bottom of Daf Tetamud Bet, we have the, the Mishnah begins there, uh, and it lists the various things for which the Shkalim are used. So we've been talking about the Shkalim. They're given to, as Trumas HaLishka, they're called, the donation of the Lishka. And the Mishnah lists various things they're used, which are primarily public uh, korbanot, like the daily tamid and various other korbanot. Uh, one of the things that it's used for, the Mishnah says, is the people who guard the sprouts for the Shemitah year. The story is the, is the following. There are two very special uh, korbanot we have to bring, one for Pesach and one for Shavuot. Pesach is the korban ha'omer on the second day of Pesach. It is brought, it's barley and it, it is matir chadash. From then onwards, we can eat the new flour, the new wheat. Um, and for Shavuot, we bring the shtei halechem. When we talk about bikurim on Shavuot, it's not, it's not fruit, it's the shtei halechim, it's the first wheat. And that is matir chadash in the Beis HaMikdash, that you can bring new flour in the Beit HaMikdash. Two very important korbanot. The problem is in the Shemitah year. In the Shemitah year, nobody's farming, and you can only bring, as the Gemara says in our piece, on Daf Yudah Mudalef, the Gemara says that these two korbanot, the shtei halechim and the korban haomer, have to come firstly from flour, from, from wheat and from barley that's produced in Eretz Israel, and also it has to be from the chadash, it has to be from the new crop. But on the Shemitah year, there's no new crop, so what do they do that year? So they locate various little sprouts that, that grew from seeds that fell while they were harvesting the field before the Shemitah, and they're seeds that fell and little things sprout, and they're hefke, they belong to nobody, they don't belong to the owner of the field. So we're worried that animals will come and eat them, or poor people will come and take them, so we put guards there to keep animals away and to ask the poor people to leave it alone because we need it for the Beis Amikdash, for the Korban HaOmer, and for the Shtei Lechem. Those gods are paid for with lishka money, with lishkalim money, public money. Rabbi Yossi Omer, you don't have to pay them. If somebody wants to volunteer and say, I'm willing to do this as a, uh, on, on a voluntary basis, that's also okay. Amrulo, they said to him, no, that's not so. There's a danger if the person does it voluntarily. And that's the subject of this whole piece of Gomorrah, that when one volunteers something that needs to be public, public money, there, there could be a problem with that. And the Gemara goes into what the problem is. Um, and a little bit further on, we've got a, a piece of Gemara where a woman makes clothing for the Kohen, her son's a Kohen, and she makes the tunics, the, the garments for the Kohen, and she donates it. The Gemara says it's okay, provided she donated it properly. The issue is expanded in the, the Bavli in Bovmetzi. When we're learning Shkalim, as I've said to you, we're learning Yerushalmi, we're not learning Bavli, and it's quite difficult because you're not used to it. So it's, it's helpful sometimes to find parallel sugyot in the, in the Bavli so we can get a better understanding of it. And this, this piece, there's a parallel sugya in Bovmetzi, Davkuf Yud Chesam Aleph. You've got it on the sheet if you want to. And there, we, we also talk about that, Shomrei Sfichei Shviit Motlin Scharam Mitrumat Alishka, that these gods of, of the Shviit, of these little sprouts of the Shviit, uh, of Shemitah year, get paid from the Trumas Halishke. And Rava explains, the Kula Alma Habatabe Hefker Kani. Here's the issue. Looking at Hefker, 
with the intention of acquiring. Hefke means it doesn't belong to anybody. But if an individual looks at something which is Hefke and says, I want to own this, then technically he already owns it, just by looking at it with that intention. So what we're worried about is these guards will look at the, at, at the new sprouts and they will think, I want to make sure that these, the, these korbanot are brought from my wheat, so I'm going to acquire them and donate them to the Beis Amikdash, and then this korban will be brought with my, with my wheat or, and my barley. The problem is, The question, the machloket between the Chachomim and Rabbi Yossi is whether they'll know how to do it right, how to, how to donate correctly. Now that's an interesting idea, isn't it? That there's a way to donate correctly and a way to donate incorrectly. The Torah is amazing. You know, if you look at the, at the Torah and, and, and you understand the extent of what the Torah requires of us, the greatness the Torah expects of us. Not only does that show so much for, of the Torah and what the Torah is and what Hashem expects of us, but it shows us so much of, of us, what we're capable of. That you can read the Torah in a superficial in a superficial sense, but we know Rabbeinu Yonah brings based on on, uh, on Chazal, for example, when it says Lord Tirzach, you, you shouldn't murder. That for a Jew, that doesn't mean you shouldn't murder. You, you know that in any case. We've got other, other halachot for that. And even if we didn't have the Torah, there would be such a law. Lot Tzitzach is, is don't embarrass a person. Because when you shame a person, you're killing something of his spirit. That's what Lot Tzitzach means for a Jew. So each one of the halachot that are given, the standards required of the Jew from an interior perspective. The mitzvot are not just about the exterior. Yes, we've got to do certain things and get them right. But the real challenge of the mitzvot are what is the inner place from which we come when we're doing those mitzvot. Most even a person donates, that's wonderful, you've donated to the Beis HaMikdash, thank you, that's, a, that's so charitable, that's so generous of you. Well, not so sure. What was the inner place you came from? Uh, and what is not giving it yafeh? Yafeh means, so Rashi explains, it means we're afraid that they don't give it fully. And what does it mean that they don't give it fully? Um, it, it could mean that in your mind you're saying, it's really mine, I'm still attached to it in some way, and that's my, my wheat. You see those loaves of bread that are being brought for Shavuot, that are being matir chadash, it's changing the whole status of all the flour that will be brought to the base Amikdash from Yehon. Those two loaves, they're mine. That's the problem, because they can't be yours. They've got to be the public's. And just the thought that I donated it, just that bit of ego in the donation can puzzle the, 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 the donation, can puzzle the whole korban, can make the whole korban not any good, just because of the state of mind of the donor at the time that, that he made the donation. And that's what we're concerned about. There's a, there's a Mordechai, though, that makes this very difficult. Put it on, on, the, uh, on the sheets. The Mordechai comes from Ksuvus. Uh, in Simon Reish Nundalad in the Mordechai. Um, the Mordechai is, is amazing. The Mordechai is a, one of the key pillars of our Psakalachat till today. Uh, the Mordechai was one of the great Talmidim of, Moshe, uh, of the Maharam Rotenberg. The Maharam Rotenberg was the link between the Bale Tosfot, the period of the Tosfot. The Tosfot are all Rashi's grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Really, it was a Rashi school that started the, the era of the Tosfot. 
And the Tosfut go into deep analysis of the entire Talmud of the Gemara. And it's the Maram Rotenberg that starts the process of pivoting all of that material into Psakalaka. And he teaches the Rosh, is one of them. And he teaches the Mordechai and the Hagos Mamonis. We've got a few people that, that he teaches. The Rosh, of course, becomes who is the father of the Tur. The Tur is the foundation of the whole Shulchan Aruch, which we use until this day. So the, the Mayram Rutenberg is that pivotal moment, and the Mordechai was one of his great Talmidim. Unfortunately, the Mordechai was, um, was, was killed in the, uh, in the pogroms in the 13th century. He and his wife and children was terrible. He died very young, but he left us the, he left us the Mordechai. And the Mordechai brings Rebeleze Mimitz, Rebeleza Mimitz was a grandson of Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam is a grandson of Rashi. So you see, you see where this material is all developing from. Rebeleza Mimitz wrote a sefer called um, uh, uh, the sefer. Uh, it'll come back to me. Uh, sorry, you're a sefer Yeraim. Who said that? Sefer Yeraim. Thank you. Sefer Yeraim is Rabbeinu uh, is, is Rabbeinu Leza Mimitz's sefer which is both a commentary on all the mitzvot of the Torah with some Musr and with some philosophy and, and a wonderful Sefer. The Mordechai quotes the Sefer Yireim, and he says, Dvarim enam dvarim piv. We don't take notice of intention that contradicts statement. If you just have intention, that, that sometimes has effect. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Depends. But if your intention is contrary to what you actually said, we will always follow what you said and not your intention. That if you imply that he probably is thinking one thing and saying a second, even if we know in his mind his intention was to nullify his statement. Nevertheless, and we go after, the, after what he says. So a really important principle of, of uh, the, the Sefer Yureim, codified by the Mordechai, and that is when there's a contradiction between what a person thinks and what a person says, you go by what they say, not by what they, what, not what they thought. So when people say, for example, I'm sorry I said that, I didn't mean that. That's not, that's not what I meant. Tough, but that's what you said, and that's what's important. That's, that's an important thing to understand altogether, that what you said is what counts, not what you intended. So if that's the case, what do we care? If this person has all sorts of thoughts about these are mine, or it is, the fact is he, he donates it to the Beis Amikdash. He gives the, the, this wheat or this barley to the Beis Amikdash. He gives it for the purpose of the of the Korban, what are we worried about that he might be thinking to himself, it's really mine and I'm donated it. The fact is it's a legal donation to the Beis Amikdash. The Beis Amikdash owns it. And what are we worried about what he thinks if the Mordechai makes it very clear that when there's a contradiction between thought and, and, and words, we go after the words. So the, there's, a, there's a, an important Chazonish where the Chazonish explains that there are two ways that a Korban Tzibur a korban that must be given from the community. Two ways that can happen. The one way is that the money is public money from the shkalim that are given. Then we know for sure the, the, the korban is being brought by the community. The other one is that an individual can dedicate it to the community. To the community. But the Chazanish makes a very fine distinction here that is important. He says that's what this whole sugi is all about. And that is you could... Dedicate the korban, but 
retain ownership of the money. So for example, I could say, here is money, I want it to be used for a korban musaf in the Beis HaMikdash. And, it's, and that's a korban tzibur, I want this used for the korban tzibur. But that is still, I'm giving the money for the korban tzibur. The Chazanish gives an example, if a man has to bring a korban chata, the person has to bring a sin offering, and he doesn't have the money to do it or whatever, somebody else can bring it on his behalf, and that can work. So in the same way, I might think that I can bring a korban tzibur, I can donate for the korban tzibur, for the communal korban, and it's, it's my money, but I'm giving it to the, to the tzibur, and that should be good enough. No, says the Chazanish, the money from which it's purchased has to be public money. You can't pay for it and say, I'm buying the animal and it's, and it's for the korban tzibur. It has everything has to be tzibur. From the beginning, it has to be owned entirely by the community. A private individual can have no interest in it, whatever. And so what we're worried is that when this person gives the, the, the so you've got now the guard of the, of the, base, I mean, of the field, he's, if he's not being paid by the, by the, by the community, He's like a shomer chinam, and he, he looks at the, at the wheat, and he says, this is mine, and I'm giving it to the Beis HaMikdash for the korban. In his mind, it might be, what he might be saying is, I'm giving it, and he might even be saying it that way, I'm giving it to the kor, for, as a korban tzibur, but it's, my, it's mine, I'm giving it. There needs to be no ego, no individual, no single person. This has to be only community, community and that that's what we're, what we're worried about. So last, yesterday we spoke about Nikiyut and we talked about the Shita of the Ran, that Nikiyut means Nikiyut HaMachshavai, purity of thought. And we talked about the Mesilat Yisharim, what that means, that there's no ego in a mitzvah. Here we see that same idea being taken further, that when one donates to, to the Beis HaMikdash for something that has to be communal, not everything has to be communal, but some things have to be communal, including the, the Omer and the Shteh HaLechem, they have to be communal, bought from communal money, We've got to be absolutely sure that what is donated, the giver has completely relinquished emotional ownership of. And here's the big Kiddush that we've got, and this applies in Hilchot Kinyanim, in, in, in monetary laws, that ownership is not just a legal concept. Ownership is a spiritual and a, an emotional concept. And unless you pay something, that's why we want to pay him, because unless you pay somebody, there's a chance that they still feel emotionally attached. So if I sell my house to, 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 to an organization, let's say, I sell my house to an orphanage, and I'm paid for it. They, they pay me full market value. I don't drive past that house and say, there's my house, it's now, now an orphanage. I might say, that used to be my house. But I would say, that's my house, it's an orphanage. But if I donate it, that's my house. And they're using it as an orphanage. It's not your house anymore, you donated it. But when we gift things, we don't relinquish emotional ownership as easily as we do when we sell things. We still feel and we hold it over. Don't forget, I gave that to you. Don't forget, I made you who you are. Don't forget, I gave you your first loan that got you your business going. Don't, you, don't forget, I was your first investor. We retain emotional connection. And that's, we learn from this, from this Gemara, that's not the way to donate. When we donate, we've got to relinquish ownership emotionally as well. And it's got to be as if it was sold as if we got market value for it and we have no further, further interest in it, and that's the way that, uh, uh, that we do it. That's part of the reason, by the way, that with, um, when we sell the chomets, that's part of the reason we don't like just giving it away. Uh, if you've got no other choice, sometimes we give it, but, but we like to sell it. So that the goy is paying for it, and, and the own, we, are, we who own the chomets 
are being paid for it. We know that if the guy wants to go ahead with the sale, we will get a good amount of money for it. And that helps us relinquish ownership because that's what we've got to do on Pesach. Pesach, when we talk about bitul, that means relinquishing any kind of emotional connection with the chametz. You do it either by burning it, by destroying it, or bitul, if you're able to do it in your mind, to be able to feel, I have no interest in this chametz at all, or by selling it to a guy, but it's not by giving it away. It's by selling it, so that you, through the, the value you gain from the sale, you're able to relinquish control but, and, and emotional connection. But it's really important, the middle here is that that we need to be conscious of that when we're donating as well. That when we donate, we treat it as if we've sold it, not, get, not donated. It's gone. It's not ours. The, the institution doesn't owe us anything for it. It's, it. We've given it entirely. We've given to the Beis Amikdash. We've given to a yeshiva. We've given to an orphanage, whatever it is. We've given to an individual. We've got to let go and, and allow the, the recipient to own it completely in a way where we no longer have an interest in it.